Thank you. Uh, joining us in our uh, exclusive teleclass tonight with a very special guest, Deidre Howard. But before I open up the call and start um, introducing Deidre, I have to put this uh, legal disclaimer in. Uh, unfortunately, it's necessary. Basically, anything that you're going to hear us discuss tonight is for educational purposes. It's not recommended as a means of diagnosing or treating any illness. If you have any matters concerning physical or mental health, you should always, always consult with a uh, health practitioner that's knowledgeable in treating that particular condition. Neither myself nor Deidre are disposing uh, directly or indirectly any kind of medical advice, and we don't prescribe any remedies or assume any responsibility if you choose to treat yourself. So with that jargon out of the way, let me introduce to you all Deidre Howard, a good friend of mine and a coach of mine. I've known her for over four years. She has been both my health coach and my business coach uh, for a long time, and she's an extremely successful, extremely busy, as you could all tell, health coach, and she's involved in a whole number of entrepreneurial things. She has been featured in Dr. Young's PH Miracle book, in the book and on the back cover. She was uh, featured as one of the, the PH Miracles, someone who has gone from being very unhealthy to where she is today, which is, as you can see in the picture, picture of health. And she's had some very fantastic results in her own close family with alkaline diets. And having been involved with alkaline diets for a number of years, well, well over four years since I've known her for that long, you can bet that she's extremely knowledgeable and uniquely qualified to help us answer these questions. As I mentioned before, I have a list of 10 questions that were the top most asked questions that I've gotten from all my clients and my readers. I had over 300-plus questions that came in, and I correlated them. And somehow I managed to twist Deidre's arm to have her come and answer these questions. So... Really unique opportunity to have her on the call tonight, and without much further ado, let me just introduce to you Deidre Howard. Thank you very much, Michael. Good. Uh, I'm I'm definitely excited to be on this call. I know you and I have been talking about this for quite a while, and uh, looking forward to it. So today is the beginning of history, <laughs> which um, which is always fun to be a part of. Definitely. Michael was kind of teasing me. We were having a little bit of a phone call conversation before we got on today, and he said, he sounds so mellow. Well, I am here um, with my sister, and we both flew into a mutual town to get a Marriott hotel and basically have massage therapists come in and offer fun things just to, to treat ourselves and have some alkaline activities. So sometimes it's not always just about the food. It's also about and um, our attitudes, our stress level, and so if I sound kind of mellow tonight, you'll know why. It's a good thing, actually. Yeah. Um, but I am very excited to be here. We're so um, happy to have you on the call. So uh, I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead if you want to keep going. No, no, you go ahead. I'm ready. What's my first thing? All right. So um, I was explaining to people before they joined that we really got a very squished uh, schedule because we've got so much information to go through. So. Let me jump right in into content. I hope you guys don't mind. Uh, the very top question that came in, out of all the questions that I got, and the, the most frequently asked question was, how can I tell what's alkaline and what's acidic? There's so many charts and conflicting information coming from this author and that author. Is there some way that I can tell myself what's alkaline and what's acidic, and are there any tools that I can use to do that? Well, this is actually a much simpler question than people would realize once they understand 
why there's conflicting information. So I want to start there. And um, if there's something out there on the market about acid alkaline, I've read it. Um, there might be something new that came out last week. But if it didn't come out last week, I've probably read it. And there is a lot of conflicting information, or it seems to be that way. And let me explain to you why, first of all, and then I'll answer um, the overall question, because this is kind of, I guess, we call the tool to know what is and what isn't alkaline. The reason why there's conflicting lists of food or concepts when it comes to acid alkaline is because um, some of the people are are using a, well, they're thinking about food on the table. So, for instance, if you, if you test the pH of a lime as it sits down on the table, then you're going to do an acidic reading because limes are acidic. But if you eat that lime, it's going to be amazing. Um, or when you read Dr. Young's information, it says that it's alkaline, where if you read, like, alkalizer dye, a lime is acidic. That's another book that maybe some of you on, on this have um, read. Um, the reason why those are conflicting is because Dr. Young and some of the other acid alkaline um, microbiologists that are out there, they rate the food after it has been burned through the HCL or the acid in the stomach. And then there's an ash that is created from that food after it's burned through that HCL. And the ash that they're testing, not the food itself. So if somebody's just testing the food, then they're, you're going to get a little bit of a conflicting, um, some conflicting information because it's being tested or being looked at in two different thought, thought processes. The other thing is some people look at not only the ash, but once the ash is, once the body consumes that ash, some lists have mildly acid, moderately acid, extremely acid, low acid. There's lots of different ways that they have categorized the, the different lists that are out there. And the reason why um, when I answer this question, I just kind of throw out that those different um, variations of how acidic something is really doesn't, I, I don't really pay much attention to that is because of this reason. One thing that Dr. Young does and a few other microscopists and microbiologists out there take in consideration is it's not only how the blood responds to the acid pH of foods after it's burned through the, through the HCL, it's also what it is feeding. It's the yeast and fungus connection, okay? And if it's feeding the yeast and fungus, the yeast and fungus of the body is going to release a microtoxin that's many times more acidic than the actual food that it consumed. So if you eat a, let's say, blueberries, blueberries are slightly acidic. You eat a blueberry that has some sugar in it. That's going to feed the yeast and fungus in the body, and that yeast and fungus is going to release a microtoxin that's many, many times more acidic than the actual blueberry itself. So it's not even about as much of that food as what it's feeding and the byproduct or how the body responds to the food. So even slightly acidic food is going to really become an extremely acidic food after it, it affects the yeast, fungus, and mold. Now, I hope everyone on the phone isn't overwhelmed because I promise you that I will wrap this all into very simple terms in a minute. But I wanted to establish a few things before we get started so you understand. I'm going to refer back to these concepts quite a few times by the time we get finished so you understand why I'm saying what I'm saying. So now to simply answer the question after all of that, how do you know if food is acid or alkaline? It's a very simple question. If you're eating a food that's high water, low sugar, 
you are eating an alkaline food. So what is that? Well, pretty much vegetables, right? Right. And so sometimes when you hear that, you think, okay, so all I can eat is vegetables. Well, there's another component in there, and the answer to that basically is yes. That also includes sprouts, and it includes soaked grains and nuts and seeds, and there's some other things that go along with that. But mostly, yeah, that's what we're talking about. If you take, there's one other component, though, that's important to understand, is even though that's a really good way for you simply to be able to choose this food acid alkaline is by asking, is it high water, which means it's not cooked or processed, and is it low sugar? The other reason why foods are acid or alkaline is because mineral component of the food, okay? So lemons and limes, even though they're acidic on the table, they're very, very high in minerals, and they're very alkaline because they're low in sugar. So as it burns through that HCL in the stomach, the minerals that buffer acid and um, and uh, the high water and the low sugar aspect of that lime is why the chemical reaction to the body is an alkaline ash. And, and that's why it can be pretty safe if you use that equation. The mineral buffers are, are, are the, the are, is, well, is the underlying reason why something is alkaline or acidic. But let's say that you eat a, hmm, let's see, um, let's say cherries or watermelon, okay? That's even watermelon. Watermelon's not too sweet, so we'll use that one. That's a high water, um, semi-low sugar. There's still sugar in there. And it's got quite a bit of mineral components to it. But because those minerals that are in that, in that um, watermelon are going to just barely be enough and probably not quite enough minerals to buffer the acid from the sugar that's in that watermelon, it's, it's going to be a wash at the best. It's not going to be beneficial and it's probably still going to create acid and feed your yeast and fungus. So that's just kind of plugging a few different foods into that equation so you, so you understand um, kind of why I'm answering the question that way. Let's so when you see, see a, the list, that's, that's kind of what you can do. Go ahead, Michael. Deidre, let's pick a food that uh, people have heard some conflicting information about. Let's pick something like oils. Uh, I know that's going to be a little bit different, but something that inherently doesn't have a lot of water. Let's pick something like that, like oils or maybe... Maybe something sure. very natural, like other fruits, like oranges that are eaten fresh, or uh, bananas. Or uh, a lot of people have emailed me and asked me, "Well, what about fruits? I really like to eat fruits. So let's cover some of those." Um, with the oils, oils. There, there's another component. Remember how I min- mentioned the minerals? Mm-hmm. The minerals have an electric charge to them, or they hold the ability to, to have an electric charge. And so um, in oils, because we have a, the oils um, have a, a negative charge to them, as long as they have not been hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated, they have a negative charge on them. And all toxins and acids are a positive charge. So when you use an oil, it is going to absorb the toxins or the acids in your body, so they are alkaline. Um, Unless they have been processed, so we're talking about we're talking about cold pressed natural um, oils. Some of the some of the best ones out there are coconut oil, and coconut oil is a saturated fat even, but it's saturated with with that negative charge, and so it actually is alkaline. One of the better of the oils, 
Um, if you're going to fry any food, you want to use an oil instead of an olive oil because olive oil, after it's heated, it changes its charge. The, the, the molecule changes to an acid form if it's fried. If it's fried, but um, if it's a coconut, it won't. It won't do that. So those are some those are some simple hint, hints. Now my phone's beeping. I apologize. That's okay. Well, that was great. So let's uh, let's, in the interest of time, pick any fruit out of the hat and just talk about them for about thirty seconds, and let's move on to our next sure. question. Sure. Sure. Uh, banana. Banana is good. Go with that. Banana is going to be extremely acidic because it's just so sweet. It's it's just so sweet. Now, what do I think that uh, that nature and God made a mistake when they made a banana? No, uh, absolutely not. In fact, fruits are not wrong um, or bad for you innately. It's that most Americans have been so overexposed to sugar, simple carbohydrates, that yeast and fungus is a reality for most Americans, and because of that you're going to be sensitive and your body's going to respond negatively to to fruits um, until you get that balance, that alkaline balance, where you don't have the overgrowth of yeast and fungus. At that point, then you can begin to introducing the fruits in. The reason why the fruit's hard to give up is because it's your yeast and fungus that wants you to eat the fruit. Right. It needs to be fed, and so that's really the deal. Once you start to, once your body becomes more balanced, which we're going to talk about what that looks like here in just a few minutes, but once you become more balanced, you can start to add those back in, and when you start getting cravings for them again, cravings is a connection to that yeast and fungus saying, hey, feed me. We like to say, feed those yeasty beasties, you know, and when that starts happening, you know you're eating too much of them. So again, fruits are not bad in moderation as long as you have a balanced system, but we're not supposed to be able to eat bananas all year round, at least not here in the west or in colder areas. It's really supposed to be fruits in its season for a short period of time each year, not all the time and as much as what we get. Well, that's the beauty of global economy, isn't it? <laughs> it is. You it is. Pretty much anything, anytime. You can get dates in the middle of winter in Milwaukee. <laughs> no. In Milwaukee, you can have a kiwi in January, and it just it's, that's not the way it was all set up originally. Exactly. Well, I think this is um, this is probably a good reason why people keep asking our next question. And they must have tried alkaline diets or they've heard of other people uh, using an alkaline diet to feel better, and other people have not succeeded in it. So the number two question that came in was, well, will this really work for me? Can I really get the benefit that I hear other people have gotten, like preventing disease and reversing the aging process? Can this actually do that for me? Innately, the, scientifically, the answer is absolutely. Mm-hmm. The, the science follows that your body cannot create fat in an alkaline state out of balance, okay? So, so we might, um, that doesn't mean that the body shouldn't have fat. It doesn't mean that the body shouldn't have, um, um, you know, fat. I mean, I'm just talking about fat itself because sometimes we think, you know, there's a certain weight that we want to be and that's not healthy for your body. But I'm talking about obesity. I'm talking about overweight to a point that it's a stress on the body. That scientifically cannot happen if you have a balance of pH. When it comes to disease, you name one. You name a disease, and that disease cannot scientifically happen in an alkaline state. So scientifically, yes. Now let's talk about reality in life, okay? Um, Being that we are not petri dishes in a stable um, science lab that nothing around us affects us besides what 
that scientist does to us, okay? We're in life dealing with stress, with anxiety, with workloads, with um, all these different things, and those those stresses create acid. And so we have to deal with that also. And that's why if we can eliminate as much of the internal stress from the food that we eat, then our body can help to um, to handle the external stress that we may not have full control over some of it, okay? Um, I guess the best way to answer your question, because it's one that I could spend the whole call on, Michael, and, you know, maybe we can have another call where I can just cover that because there's some great tricks to the right. to this answer. <laughs> but but what what I can say is when you begin to understand how you put a burden on your body based on external toxins and acids and internal ways of thinking, eat, acting, um, handling stress, once you understand that through the education of it and you begin to to make small changes, your body will respond. And I've never seen it in all my years not respond to it. And so instead of saying, will it work for me or will it not work for me, um, all I can say is, yes, it will work for you as long as you're willing to educate yourself enough to find out what that looks like for you because there are no blanket statements. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no blanket statements in how that's going to to um to pan out for you because life still keeps lifing. Right. And that's why sometimes um, um, working with with somebody or or having a coach of some sort to say, hey, here's my challenge. This is what's going on. What are some ways that I can get around this? I, I think one of the questions we're going to cover is travel and busy, busy. Um, there's some really simple key things you can do to um, to become more alkaline and start seeing um, more response on a physiological basis if you know how to um, implement some of the tricks to the trade. So that's the way I'm going to answer it. I hope that's good enough. I think that's, that's perfect, and uh, I, I totally understand what you're saying with having a coach. As a matter of fact, I think we've talked about this separately, that that's one of the main components that we're going to implement in our new coaching program that we're, we're starting in January. So uh, let me – I think this was actually a really good connection to the next question that we have because you mentioned, hey, name one disease for me. And I want to name one here. How about cancer? This was the third top most asked question. And people were wondering whether an alkaline diet can actually help them with cancer. Can it help prevent or even cure it? And how quickly could they expect something to happen? So what do you think of that, Deidre? Well, a a couple things. Um, Nothing cures cancer. What cures cancer is your body. So can the body cure itself of cancer? Absolutely. I've seen it so many times. I can't. T- I I couldn't count them all. And um, so I I do not. I am not scared of cancer. Um, when I first started doing this kind of work, if somebody walked in my office and says I have cancer and I want you to help me with it, I'd be like, Oh man, what am I going to do? This is a big one. Now I'm like, Okay, because you know all, all a cancer is. Cancer, cancer is a bunch of symptoms stuck in a box, given a name, so the doctors can talk to each other and know what they're talking about. But ultimately, they it's it's unexplained cell division. Right. Unexplained cell division is what cancer is. So the first thing, um, you know, the easy answer is, yes, your body can cure itself of cancer. Um, if you put your body in a – if you give your body the, the tools to do it, it is absolutely capable, okay? Because here's the crazy thing. If your body created it, 
wouldn't it make sense you want to go to the same place that created it to uncreate it? Very much so. And so if everything you've done up to this point you ha- has been the tools to create cancer, then if you were to do basically the opposite of everything you've done up to this point, you're going to be pretty close to doing an alkaline thing. Think about that. Turn everything upside down, do opposite of what you did to create cancer, and you probably don't need me to tell you what to do. So can you qualify that for our listeners a little bit when you say that the body can cure itself of cancer? And maybe give us a little bit of uh, information about, from an alkaline diet perspective, what are some of the things that an alkaline diet is going to do for people that will lead to the body curing itself? Well, so let's break down what cancer is. It's unexplained cell division. Unexplained cell division happens for a lot of different reasons, um, but it basically is because the body is in a state of imbalance. And so the body starts wigging out and saying, um, you know, it starts to mutate because it's, it's just kind of like, you know, you hear about those fish that have the really weird mutations because the water that they're swimming in is all toxic. And if you catch the fish, I don't know about you, but here in Montana, believe it or not, here in Montana in certain places, if you catch fish there, you cannot eat them because they are mutated and they'll harm you because of how toxic the water is. Um, that is basically the same thing that's happening in us is that the water that flows through our body is like these streams that are toxic or acidic and our cells are mutating like these fish are mutating. And so that is, that is basically what, um, what cancer is. Mm-hmm. And um, all cancers are not the same. Okay, if somebody comes and says, I have brain cancer, it's going to be a little trickier than if somebody says, I have lung cancer or breast cancer or even leukemia. Right. Um, Dr. Young teaches leukemia is one of the easiest cancers to turn around because it is a liquid cancer. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is change the liquid. We're 70% water. We have some very simple ways to be able to change that liquid. And the leukemia no longer can live in it because cancer cannot scientifically live in an alkaline state. So um, so that's, you know, if we're talking about cancer, cancer, let's say it's a tumor, okay, because there's different kinds of cancers. Right. Let's say it's a tumor. And how I got into health and nutrition is because my brother was born with a brain tumor connected to his optic nerve. And I, and I, and my mom did basically an alkaline diet with him, but that's not, that's, we didn't know that's what it was called. And we didn't have the science to back it up, but what we knew is it stopped the growth of that tumor. What I learned from Dr. Young is a tumor is a way of the body encapsulating the toxins to protect itself from that, the extreme acid of them so it doesn't burn a hole in your brain or in your lung or in your liver or in your breast, wherever the cancer is at. It would just burn a hole in it because it's so acidic. So it pumps it away into a tumor, and because that tumor is so acidic, of course the cells in that tumor are going to become mutated or start to have unexplained, unexplained cell division and cancer appears. So those are some of the te- some of those reasons why our body creates cancer. If you were to flip the coin and change the fluid, alkalize the body, eat those foods that are alive that have those minerals to buffer the acid, and make sure that you're eliminating correctly through the bowel, through the lymphatic system, all those elimination organs are working. That's doing the opposite of what got you to where you are. And all of a sudden, it'd be amazing, cancer-free. Where did it go? I don't know where it went. It went exactly where it came from. Right. And uh, and so I it'll dissolve itself, I guess that's basically what you're saying. It'll it'll reverse itself. Right. Because the environment no longer supports its unexplained growth, if you will. Right. 
Mm, that's great. So if someone wanted to do that and actually get uh, become alkaline, uh, I think one of the reasons that a lot of people have decided not to do it or have shied away from it is because they think that this is going to be just like any other diet. They're going to be on it for a little while and they're going to have to bounce back to the old condition or they're going to be really hungry on the diet uh, like every other one. A lot of people are actually worried about, oh, I cannot eat anything else. Am I going to be totally vegetarian and not be able to eat anything else? I don't want to be a weirdo or a vegan or whatnot. So that's the next question people were asking um, was, can I enjoy some regular foods or can I not be a total vegetarian? Am I going to go hungry all my time while I'm on this diet? Well, hunger is an interesting topic altogether. Um, you're going to eat for different you're going to eat for different reasons than why you've eaten before, and you're going to and you're going to stop eating for different reasons that you stopped eating before. And so, if if you're willing to to take a look at what hunger really means for you, for a lot of people, for a lot of years, hunger means I've got to shut up my yeast of fungus from telling me it needs to be fed. Basically, eating because you're craving food. And then once the craving's gone, you go, ooh, I really didn't like that. I mean, I felt okay for a while, but now I feel like I've got a brick in my stomach. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's creating a new, um, relationship with your physical body. And no, you're not going to be hungry, but you will have some new sensations. And that's why, again, I don't mean to keep bringing this up. I wasn't planning on even talking about this. But for those people that successfully do this, they, they really need to have somebody to walk them through that or to be there to to um, help them take a look at what, how their body is responding, what that physical conversation is about, and what they need to do to, to move on to the next level. You should not be hungry is the answer. If you are hungry, then there's something that you're not doing that you need to be doing. Okay, so I understand what you're saying is that, that uh, people associate being hungry with not getting what they need, but in effect, what... Is they're not getting is the, the fodder for the yeast and fungus, and once those yeasty beasties have disappeared, hunger just takes a a new different meaning, form. if you will. Right, it's a different form. You're you're eating to feed yourself good nutrition and provide your body with what it needs. It's not you're not going to be hungry basically in the in the traditional sense. Exactly, it's just that it's a new sensation and. And I know, Michael, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. But, um, yes. but a lot of people say, I was just hungry all the time, and I want to say, what what does hunger look like for you? Let's talk a little bit more about that. And what they're really saying is, I don't understand what these sensations are, and I don't know what to do about them. Right. And I know that since when I started to alkalize, I have been hydrating myself quite a bit. Uh, surprisingly, this was not one of the questions that people asked was not one of the top questions people ask about hydration, but I know from my personal experience that I really wasn't hungry in a traditional sense because I was so well hydrated. Right. My experience has been that a lot of people mix up the sensation of hunger with the sensation of thirst, so that when they are feeling hungry, they in reality are dehydrated and their mouths are all dry and they want to eat something sugary to wet their palate. And instead of reaching for water, they reach for coffee, they reach for soda, they reach for sugars candy, cookies, or just eat bread or something that would make them salivate so that that way it's, it's, it's a mixed-up signal. And then maybe you're okay. It is. Well, it is. And, and there's also, you know, am I hungry because my blood sugar is low? Am I hungry because right. I'm having a craving? Am I hungry because I'm really thirsty? Once you realize, once you can have that conversation honestly with your body and you know what it's really saying, 
it's like retraining things, and pretty soon it's, you're not hungry at all, but there's this, there's this kind of interesting place that you go to in this process to figure out what that all really means. And once you get that down, there's not a problem at all. In fact, it's so much simpler and so much less effort than it was before. It's pretty freeing. So anyway, that's, that's again, that's we could talk about true. that the whole call too, couldn't we, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could actually. I think that's one of those topics that uh, you could easily coach someone for a couple of hours on how to do that properly and go through examples. And uh, and I think right. that's going to be really valuable for someone who's getting started or someone who wants to just keep going with it, uh, especially if they're interested in, in some of the very common things that people want to get out of an alkaline diet. I've had a lot of clients and readers uh, who've come and, and emailed me and talked to me about weight loss. And I think the, the top question everyone's been asking is, okay, if I do this alkaline diet, Am I going to lose the weight permanently, or is it going to yo-yo right back up? And how fast will it work? How much can I expect to lose? How am I going to lose this weight? Is it going to be all of a sudden, or is it going to be gradual? And there's all these different questions, and I think your answer is going to surprise people. But would you go ahead and tell us a little bit about how weight loss happens in an alkaline diet and what people can expect and how fast they can expect it to work and how permanently? Well, it's a, just like we were talking about the cancer and the tumor of the cancer, um, that when you have acids in the body, that it that it packs away inside that tumor to encapsulate it to protect the body from the toxins or from the acids. That's the same thing. When the body is is challenged with too much acid, it will take um, the acid molecule will bind with the fat molecule and store it away in fat. And so um, the answer to your question on if I lose the weight, will it be permanent? It will be permanent unless you create a reason for it to come back. That is really your friend. It's there to protect you. And when I'm going through extra stressful times in my life, when I'm having uh, when I'm having problems physically, because I one of these days I'll get to show, share my story with you. But I was born with a heart defect. I have challenges myself, I will begin to gain weight. But I understand I'm not gaining weight because I'm having Twinkies for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm gaining weight because my body is saying, we're struggling a little bit with our acid levels. I'm going to pack this away in your thighs until you're able to balance things out again, and then we'll go ahead and release it, and you'll get back to where you were before. So, again, it's just a conversation my body's having with me. It's telling me, hey, this is what I'm doing to protect you. When you know that that's what's happening, if you gain 5, 10, 20 pounds, because you're going through something like you have a death in the family or a divorce or you move or a new job and you find yourself get, um, gaining some weight. You can say, hey, listen, right now my body's going through some stuff. I need to just let it do what it needs to do. I'm not going to stress over it. And as soon as I get my life back in a place of balance, I can go ahead and lose this weight again. It isn't going to take me over. What happens with people when they struggle with weight is they'll lose the weight, and when the weight starts coming back, then they start freaking out, which creates more acid and creates more problems, and they feel out of control. They go into a spiral, and then pretty soon they just go, you know, I've got to over-exercise, which creates acid and more fat, and it just goes on and on and on. If you just understand that that it's not an over-fat problem, it's an over-acid problem, and you're going to have the tools, if you stay connected with Michael and you keep doing this, you're going to have the tools of being able to take control of that, then it doesn't get so scary again. So, so I guess my 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 uh, answer is, it isn't really about a diet. It's about an education, and it's about right. taking on your own personal health and making some decisions. When I moved up to Montana from Las Vegas, huge difference in in uh, um, temperature. My body ga- gained 15 pounds. 
within about three, six months of being there. And I let it gain 15 pounds, and I'm probably going to keep that 15 pounds. I'm not a failure. I didn't fall off the wagon. What I know is living in Montana, I need more fat on my body than I did when I lived in Las Vegas. Right. And when you understand that, then you don't get freaked out and worried about weight loss, weight gain. And you can, and you can understand your body is just talking to you. For me to make myself lose that weight would actually be harming myself. And so it's, you know, there's some psychology to this too, but as the science of it goes, yes, you can lose the weight permanently because you're going to create an environment that you don't need the fat, and so it's not going to, you know, it's not going to be used. It's going to be there. The fat molecules will be there if you need them. If they're not there, they're not going to be, if they're not needed, they'll just kind of sit and hang out. That, that's, a, that's a perfect explanation, a perfect answer to this, I think, because uh, it really lays out, that you're really not losing weight, you're losing acid. And once you have lost the acid, you're at a point where you have the right balance for your life situations, for your uh, family situations, then your body will actually be in a place of balance. And if that balance means that you need a little bit more storage for some acid, then that's where it is. And you're absolutely right with it being a, a process of educating yourself. So you understand your body more than... You know, looking at a commercial out on the on TV and saying, "Oh, well, this lady is so much thinner than I am." That's the image of perfection. When in effect, every person's image of perfection is different because of their situations and what kind of acidic environment they are living in and what they're doing on a daily basis. So, perfect answer, and I think that works really well with the next one and this, uh, the next question we had, which is, well. Suppose I do want to go through with this, and I do have extra weight, and I do want to do the alkaline diet. What kind of foods should I be eating? And maybe what are the best best foods to eat to get me to an alkaline state? And what sort of ratios must I keep as far as alkaline to acidic in order to be moving in the right direction? Well, because stress adds a role, adds a component in acid, and acid creates fat. My first word to, of advice is don't do anything fast, okay? If you if you say, okay, so vegetables are alkaline, I am now going to eat nothing but vegetables. Well, I want you to know that's going to put your body in a place of stress. And unless you have cancer, unless you need to move very, very quickly on this acid-alkaline balance, um, then that's not really the best way to do it. And um, it's, again, the education is going to be the key so you're not stressing out on what you're doing and why you're doing it. But the the main ratios that I mostly um, start people with is 70% lightly steamed or raw, like a salad and steamed broccoli, and 30% um, acidic, like a chicken breast or or some some you know pasta or rice or something like that. So you can go to Olive Garden or one of those restaurants, even when you're on the road and you're busy, and you can get a 70-30 ratio. You might have to ask for a side of grilled vegetables. If it's, you know, you might have to ask for some little special things. Almost everywhere you can get a vegetable and you can get a salad and then some main dish. If that's what you stayed on, okay, and that's, notice there's no sugar. I didn't talk about pie afterwards, okay? <laughs> if you just did those things for the next year and hydrated your body, you would see an amazing change. If that's all you did. And it's going to be something that you're not going to have to change your world. You're not going to have to make three different meals for your kids and you and your husband. It's just going to be you change the ratio. If you look at your diet now, most people are going to be eating 70% dead or cooked food. And
and 30% alive on a good meal. That means if you took enough time to make a salad for dinner that night or if you went to a restaurant that actually had a decent salad or or whatever, it's usually the other flip coin. And remember when I gave you the analogy that if you just flip the coin and do everything opposite to what you did to get you to where you're at, you're probably going to be pretty close to the solution. So that's where I would start. Add in vegetables. Just add in vegetables wherever you can and then super hydrate the body. Just get that body hydrated because the water is the key to um, buffering Buffering is not the word. Diluting the acids. If you don't have water to flush those acids out, it becomes thicker and thicker and more of a challenge for the body to be able to buffer and take care of. Right. Yeah, let's just talk about that for one second. Uh, this is one of the things that I am just a total fanatic, uh, fanatically passionate about is hydrating and making sure that my body is getting enough water all the time and not coffee and not soda and not tea, but good pure water, preferably alkaline water. So um, I know you were mentioning about that. Would you would you agree that water is probably one of the most critical pieces of an alkaline or healthier diet in, in addition to the vegetables? Yeah, you know, even if, if somebody asks me to make a choice, do I increase my water or do I increase my vegetables, I would have to say increase your water, even right. more important than the vegetables, believe it or not, because... Um, if you're not going to change your diet at all and you just increase your water to half your body weight in ounces a day minimum, and then if you could even get up to one ounce for every pound, believe it or not, don't do it like the first day. If you've never been a water drinker, don't do that the first day. That's not good. But um, if you were to work up to that in about a month's time, your body will change so much just if you change the water and drink enough water then your body will kind of automatically want to do more vegetables, and it's just an amazing transformation. So yes. so I say yes. water's first, the vegetables are second, actually, and then um, and then from there you have to look at your stressful lifestyle. So, yes, water is major because we're 70% water. Our brain is 90% water, and it happens to be the organ we use to choose our food. Right. So that kind of, I think that's kind of a cosmic sick joke, actually, because... You know, we our brain's the thing that's tr- that's uh, making our food choices, and most people aren't drinking enough water to even keep it functioning pro- properly. So, anyway, <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, I can say from my personal experience, you know, I have I have been hydrating with four liters of water every single day, nonstop, and uh, for a long, long time, my cold feet and cold cold hands weren't getting warmed up like they're supposed to, and. I remember it was one of the, the seminars that Dr. Young was teaching, and I don't know if you were there at the seminar or not, but I did 10, liter of, 10 liters of super greens and water for three days straight. And and I can tell you that was very, very difficult having to jump into the bathroom. But, you know, there's oh, yeah. something that anyone who's been hydrating can do over a weekend if they're at home, or maybe even around Christmas they can do this. Uh, again, you got to look at your body and, and work with it as opposed to against it. Don't just go ahead and do this. You've been drinking two cups of water a day, and now all of a sudden you're doing 10 liters. You're going to have problems. But if you've, you've been used to doing it, you might experience something like what I have, which was all of those went away. The cold hand and cold feet, cold feet went away, and I didn't have to do it again. I have not experienced that. So that's why I'm so fanatical about water. Um, yeah. Let's move on. We, we're running a little short on time here. And... Uh, this next question is one of the ones that I always get, regardless of who's asking. There have a lot of people in our in our society are so low on energy, and we've got these diseases that we've come up with that really don't exist, but they have a name like fibromyalgia. And people want to know if an alkaline diet is really going to help them get energy, and and how quickly can they see that? 
Uh, well, our body has a tick list. It has a tick list of all the things that needs to be repaired. And when we, when we start to give the body what it needs to do those repairs, in our mind, the top of the tick list might be losing weight or the fibromyalgia or the chronic fatigue or whatever. That might be at the top of our tick list. But because those are just symptoms of being, of the body being out of balance, um, the body might say, hey, we really need to take care of the, 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 you know, the tumor that's over here that you don't know about or this that's over there that you don't know about because really the fibromyalgia isn't number one on the list, but it is on the list. Now, the reason why I tell you that is because people will start this process and they'll go, wait a minute, I'm still in pain. I've got an example. There's a gal in uh, Seattle that I work with and I coach, and she's had fibromyalgia for 15 years. And I started working with her a year ago, and she's been very, very aggressive with taking care of this and getting rid of this chronic pain. Well, it's been, like I said, a year, and she's still having some pain. Now, it's not like it was before, but she's still having some pain. And sometimes she just goes, I don't understand why this isn't working for me. All right, well, let's do a mental exercise. What are all the things that you were having problems with before? And I really like people to write this down ahead of time because you honestly forget. And she started naming them down, and she realized so many things had gone away. So many things had taken care of themselves that having this chronic fatigue, the body hadn't gotten to it yet, but if these other things hadn't been taken care of, she'd be in much of a worse way. And right now it's handling something else. I'm not sure what it is, but one day she's going to call me. She's going to say, I'm out of pain. I'm finally out of pain because the body's doing the repair. See, this isn't about a Band-Aid. This isn't about being out of pain because you took um, a pill that blocked those, those uh, receptors from sending the pain signal to your brain. This is about the body going in and actually rebuilding and remaking the nervous system, repairing the area, and it's going to do it, and it's going to do it for good. And so that, you know, that's the best way that I can answer your question is every single person takes a different amount of time. Now, the reason why she got frustrated because her girlfriend who had fibromyalgia, in fact, it was her fibromyalgia friend, started drinking the super greens, changing her diet, doing these sorts of things, and she got, was out of pain in six weeks. And she's like, wait a minute, how come she's out of pain in six weeks? I did the same thing. In fact, I was even more aggressive about it, and I'm still in pain. Well, she's got other things she's dealing with that haven't gone away yet. It's just that her tick list was different than the other friends. And so when you understand that the body and its intelligence knows what needs to happen and when it needs to happen, and your job is to trust that process, continue giving it its tools, and notice the improvements, even though it may not be in the order that you want it to be in. Right. Now, speaking of improvements, I think... Uh a lot of people also get frustrated, as you were saying, because they're not seeing all this, the results that they're looking to get in the order in which they're looking to get them. And a lot of people are also frustrated because they can't really tell what's happening. So um, I've got a lot of questions about how do I tell whether I'm being alkaline or being acidic? What, what is the most reliable way for me to check my own alkalinity? And what should I use to do that? And a lot of different people say, oh, use the urine samples and some people say, oh, no, it's the pH of your blood. And, oh, no, it's the saliva. So can you give us the straight scoop on this? What is the best way to tell and what, what kind of things should people use? Well, the simplest thing to, to use is your own innate feeling. Do you feel better? Are you more balanced? Do you feel like 
your body saying, yes, this is good. We're going in a good direction here. That's that's the simplest way, okay? And even when you're going through detox sometimes where you're not feeling as good as you felt when you started because your body's detoxing, but do you ultimately know that this is good, that if you don't get it out of your body, that it's going to stay in your body and that's not right? And so it's it's kind of that innate feeling is number one. If you want some scientific backup, then saliva and urine is a great tool to use. And to explain how to do all of that, Michael, and the different ways to test what that looks like, but probably the best best thing to do is to send um, probably via email exactly the recipe to what that looks like because yeah. it has to do, you know, it, it's quite involved on using the litmus paper. Um, but, yes, the saliva and the urine and watching those patterns, that's very useful to just kind of help yourself know, hey, I'm on the right track. I, I um, and and so you know that's that's the simplest way without using up too much time um, to to answer the question. But sometimes in the beginning, you know, you might not feel more energy. But again, if you've got the education, you understand what your body's doing and why it's doing it, um, then that frustration level goes away because you know you're 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 doing it on purpose, not as a diet. Because this really isn't a diet; it's an education. Right. And um, and so that you know that's really you know your question is how do I know if I'm alkaline and the answer and how do I keep myself from becoming frustrated because it doesn't seem like anything's happening and the answer to that is the only reason why you would think that nothing's happening is because you don't you you don't know enough to know how much really is happening based on just not taking the time to educate yourself or or to um, play what I call the notice game and be able to isolate, wow, this has changed, I'm sleeping better, I'm waking up more refreshed. I look down at my watch and it's 7 o'clock and it feels like it's 4 o'clock. You know, I'm getting, I'm getting more done in a day. I can articulate better. My brain seems to be working better. You know, it just it, it's, it's, it sometimes happens so minutely and as small regimens that you don't really get how much things are changing. And so that's, that's pretty much going to be my answer for tonight. That, that's perfect, Deidre. Uh, and I'm totally in agreement with you. I personally don't use any tools. I don't use uh, litmus paper. I don't keep an average of my urine pH, although it would be useful to have it. I use the, the Michael litmus test, and right. I wake up every morning. How do I feel? If I feel, excuse my language, crappy, then I'm. that's how I feel on the inside, too. It's not... Right. If I get up in the morning and I have these... Well, I don't have them anymore, but if I had these big bags under my eyes or if I had dark circles around my eyes, I would know that I must have done something really bad last night or just I'm really dark on the inside, too. It's not just the outside that's showing it. So right. I totally agree with you on that. I think that's, that's the best, and I would recommend people don't waste their, their money on getting all sorts of expensive equipment. Just Just use your God-given advantage and tools. And you can also look at some of the symptoms that start to disappear. And speaking of which, we were looking at skin conditions and all sorts of allergies. I've had a lot of questions come in about people asking, well, what about psoriasis? What about eczema? What about acne? What about all these irritations? What about allergies? How is an alkaline diet going to help me with those? Well, the skin is our largest organ, so if you have a lot of toxins that need to come out of the body, your skin may be one of the ways it does that. And um, some people, you know, experience more of that after they start the program because their body is releasing that way. It usually means that you're not having very good bowel movements. 
because if it can't come out of your kidney or if it can't come out of your bowel, it's going to come out of your skin. So that's that's the quick answer to it. If you're now having, if before you start the program, you're having problems with skin issues, then it's going to be detoxing the body and make sure the elimination organs, including the colon and the kidney, are are um, doing their job. You need to be having three bowel movements a day, and you need to be going to the bathroom about ten times a day, and, and I'm talking about urinating. If you're not drinking enough water to go to urinate eight to ten times a day, and if you're not regular enough to have two to three bowel movements a day, you're going to have some skin problems probably at some point. Some people never do, but it's a very common thing that that will happen. So if, if this is a, if, if, uh, if, if I were to have a client come in to see me and they had skin problems, I'd, I'd do exactly what I talked about, make sure they're eliminating correctly, drinking enough water, urinating enough, and then um, look at, you know, what foods that are hardest for the body to break down that they might be eating that's causing the toxic level that's coming out of their skin. Um, but also I'd probably topically spray it with oxygen spray, um, do some other things to help to eliminate the, I guess, the symptom of being out of balance too, just because it's such an in-your-face thing. You know, somebody can walk around with cancer and you never know it, but if you've got eczema, the world does. And so it's, it's, a, it's a tough one, but there's some great products out there that can help topically too while you're cleaning out the inside. Because here's the clincher. Let's say you've got a lot of toxins that need to come out. And one way that your body has already programmed itself to do is to release through the skin. Right. Well, we've got to divert those toxins somehow, and it might take a little while to accomplish that. So in the interim, to be able to help the body and help the skin not look so bad is a beneficial thing to do. And that's really where you probably need a little bit of coaching on. I agree. And as a matter of fact, uh, I know there are, uh, there are a whole bunch of products that people can use to do that, um, like the, uh, the liquid oxygen that you were talking about. If uh, you you guys who are listening to us have any questions about those uh, or if you're interested in them, please do email me at support at acidalkalinediet.com and I'll be sure to forward a request over to Deidre or just answer your question directly. Well, so, and the, um, and the, the Montmorillonite clay, too, I just want to mention that real quick. It absorbs 130 times its mass and toxins to whatever that it is applied to. So when you put that on the skin and your body's releasing toxins through the skin and you use it as a mask, which is what it's sold to do, um, it can really, really help with that process. So there's, there's, you know, I, this isn't a product call. We don't need to go into that, but I just want everyone to know that there are tools out there that we'd be more than happy to share with you because sometimes right. your body needs a little support in the process. Right, exactly. And that's going to be really helpful for anyone who's got any, any skin conditions also. <laughs> because it will help accelerate the, the process a little bit. And I think just in general, because we live in the societies we live in, everyone wants everything fast. I mean, speed right. is the most important thing, and that's why the Internet, one of the reasons the Internet is becoming so successful in selling products is because it's just so much faster than you know going to a bookstore, browsing through a book, as opposed to just going to your computer, clicking a couple of keys, and your book arrives tomorrow at your doorstep. And so right. this busy lifestyle is one of the reasons why I gather people don't want to engage in something that's life-altering and educating themselves to a point where they understand how the body works. So one of the other top questions that we've gotten is, okay, well, I'm just too busy. I travel all the time. I eat out all the time. I, you know, I've, I've got a lot of things to do. I've got ten kids and five jobs and three husbands. And how do I keep <laughs> an alkaline diet work for myself on my busy schedule? So what are your thoughts on that, Petra? 
Well, if I had three husbands, I wouldn't need five jobs. Oh, no, no, that's not <laughs> right. Okay. Um, the, the, well, you know, I'm much more concerned about the stress level of that individual than I am the food diet of that individual. So um, when you're traveling, which I do a lot of because I go and teach all over the country, um, I just ask for what I want. I go to a place where I can get my 70-30, and, um, and it's really not all that difficult. You want to make sure that you're hydrating enough, which can be tricky because you don't always have a bathroom close or, or um, you know, carrying around a, a gallon of water sometimes isn't something you can do. So it's just about planning ahead, making sure you're prepared before you go, and then take a look at your life and see where you can simplify. Now, I am talking to myself, everybody, so don't take it personally. I've got to constantly, constantly say, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't need to take that on right now, um, and I take breaks like I am right now. Um, December's kind of a slow month for me, but I'll tell you what, January hits, and it is a whirlwind because everybody's doing a New Year's resolution. They're trying to get rid of that holiday blubber. They don't feel good because they've been abusing themselves, partying too much, and they all come back to mommy. You know, They're all calling Deidre saying, help me out of this mess. So right now, while it's kind of quiet, I am here with my sister getting massages, taking care of myself, sleeping in, reading a good book, and preparing myself for what's coming. It's about knowing, know thyself, and, and, and sometimes you can't do that, and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to, to, to say, well, you know, you need to do it anyway. No, when I have three little kids, two in diapers, it's not like I could eliminate one of my children. I have to do what I have to do, and that's why, again, having tools to keep your head above water until you can eliminate some of the stress is good. Um, but I'm just saying sometimes we take things on that we don't need to or sometimes we, you know, we just stress about what we can't change also. So um, that's that's really the answer, the best answer I could say. But as it comes to eating on the road, just do the best you can, and then know when you get home you're going to do better, and don't stress about it. I really believe that more acid is created or more fat is put on the thighs, not by the ice cream you eat when you go out with your friends, but the guilt while you're eating it. So don't be guilty. Just do the best you can in the circumstances, and, um, and you'll be fine. I totally agree with you. And as a matter of fact, I'm experiencing the same way you are experiencing it. I do travel quite a bit as well, and uh, I do work really long hours. Uh, and I can see the difference when I am under a great deal of stress. Without any kind of exception, I gain weight. Um, and as soon as the stress is gone, things go back to normal. Yeah. I keep hydrating. I keep taking my supplements. Uh, and I keep I keep getting myself coached. I keep getting myself educated on on how to do this properly, how to do do it better day after day, and it, it all works out. But let's just say that. Oh, and by the way, everyone, this uh, we've already gone through our ten questions, but I, I do want to give you one more for the road, if you will. Uh, we're right out at our time, but I did want to give you something more than what we promised. Uh, this is a bonus question that I came up with, and is a question that I get all the time as well. If I wanted to get on the fast track here and really do things faster and really commit to getting more alkaline, what kind of tools could I use to accelerate the process? Any good athlete or anyone who's ever worked out seriously in their lives knows that supplementation definitely helps. So obviously that's one avenue. But if I wanted to just become alkaline quickly, what's the fastest way to do that? And and how can I do it? And what 
What do I need to do tomorrow? Can you can you give us some thoughts on that? Um, I think the most powerful tool that I've ever come across with, um, you know, before before I found out about this tool, I would recommend to people that they juice green vegetables three times a day, dilute it in water, and drink it about a gallon a day. And um, and most people, the compliance level was very low because just think about it, if you're traveling, if you're busy, you can stop and juice organic vegetables three times a day, plus it's extremely pricey to do that. Right, right. So when I, um, when I first met Dr. Young and, um, and got to know his work, he did not have this tool. It hadn't even been created yet. And so when he created it and I saw that he had, I thought I really need to take a look at this because I love so much of the other things that he had done. He'd done a lot of colloidal supplements, which are just amazing. Um, he's got some under-the-tongue sublinguals that help to buffer acids, um, that you get your calcium, magnesium, potassium right to the blood so that you don't have to rely on the digestive system, which for most people in America is not so great anyway. So you take these supplements and it's like, okay, did anybody besides the septic tank get anything out of that? And these are some of the challenges that I was having as a practitioner at the time was I don't want to waste people's time or money. And if I'm not getting fast results, I lose them as a client. And if if they're wasting money, I lose them as a client. So right. um, that's where I first met Dr. Young was through his colloidal technology. But when he came up with what's called Super Greens and Prime pH, I was actually more interested in the Prime pH to begin with because it super hydrates the water because I was having a hard time getting people to drink enough water. But for every one quart of water that you drink with the prime pH in it, and I'm talking about good filtered water, distilled water, something that's, you know, not out of a swamp, but um, for every one that you, that you drink with the prime pH in it, your body responds as though it drank double that amount. So let's say I'm working with somebody, I don't really need them to drink three liters of grains, but I can't get, I mean, three liters of water, but I can't get anything more down in them because they're so busy more than a liter a day. They would they would put these drops in the water and I'd get more or their body would receive more of the response of what I was looking for. So I really really like the pine pH. Then I took it I took a look at the super greens and I'd been using greens for a long time and I thought well greens are great, but because of the way that he has has um, developed these, and I'm not going to go into that a whole lot because we can do that later at whatever point. But all I want to tell you is. It takes the place of the juicing of the vegetables. So now you've got a powder or even a capsule that you can take instead of having to juice those vegetables and the body responds very similar to it. And there's a whole science behind it of why. If I'm working with somebody and there's no way they can change their diet, there's no way that they can change their schedule, and we just have to do something right? just by drinking three to four liters of super grains a day, they're going to be 60 to 80 more, 80 percent more alkaline all by itself and then the body starts changing on its own and the diet comes without even trying because the body is craving those foods because it doesn't know it got the broccoli in powdered form it thinks you actually ate it so now it starts craving those foods because the body thinks in pictures not in words but if you don't have broccoli in your filing cabinet in your brain when you're hungry it's not even going to pull up broccoli because that's not even part of your reality so it adds things to your mental reality on a cellular level that it wouldn't otherwise in a very simple way. And so that's probably the greatest tool aside of that um, to make sure that you're having proper bowel movements. This is a big one. Um, and make sure that you're drinking enough water, even if you don't have those two tools, which would just be the process of 
drink enough water, um, and make sure that you're having proper bowel movements. And those those are probably the best, I mean, with the amount of time Perfect. we have left. Uh, I think we're just a few minutes over, but uh, I think that was great information. Uh, and I just wanted to add one last thing to what Deidre said, which I think I think is perfect explanation for how to do this. If you go out and let's say it's Thanksgiving and you, like 90% of the rest of the, the country, end up having the flu magically the week after Thanksgiving, and you don't you don't gather that that might have been because you've abused your body, having these tools at your disposal at the very least going to help your body recuperate a little bit faster to go back to where you were as opposed to doing what you did last year, which is just tough it out for two or three months until your body gets a chance to go back. So I really, really think that these are definitely a must-have if you're interested in going faster. So with that said, um, Deidre, I think you're probably a little bit short on time, so I'm going to let you go. I wanted to thank you so very much for being on this call. I think everyone who is uh, on the call with us tonight and all the listeners who are going to be listening to the recording of this call have gotten a, a, a great deal of information. We did go through 11 of the top most most asked questions of all time that I've gotten through over 300 emails, uh, questions that I've gotten from people. And I think your answers were very enlightening. I'm really looking forward to having you on a call at some point again in the future. And hopefully um, if anybody is, is going to join us for the coaching program, they'll be able to take advantage of your, your knowledge and your teachings. So with that said, let me thank you. And uh, You are and, uh, very welcome. I enjoyed it, and I look forward to, to doing more of it. I definitely look forward to that. Thank you very much. Good night. Thank you All for right. joining Bye, everybody. Thanks so much. Thank you, Deidre. Thank you, everybody. Have a good You're night. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.